So I hate to be the one to tell you this, and you're really not going to want to hear this, but I think today's episode is going to be pretty awesome. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about the power of words. Ah, the power of now. (laughs) (laughs) The time is now. The power of words and vocabulary and the questions you ask and the things that you say to yourself in your head, the things that you tell other people, and how to just stop making your life as like more hard than it really has to be in some situations and stop doing that and then you can also make it so much better by you know thinking about how important the words that you say are yeah that's right it uh the way that you use words and the type of words you use can really change the dynamic of a whole conversation um you know it something that gives me like I literally get a guttural feeling where it brings on a sense of anxiety if somebody you know will text me or call me and be like so I really have to tell you something Mm -hmm. you know even just the tone that they use or starting a conversation that way immediately I can feel like my stomach tense up I hold my breath and it's almost like you're you know if you're like it's the same feeling if you've ever been in a car accident and you can like see the other car approaching you almost like it's slow-mo and you're sort of like bracing for that <laughs> impact. That's what it feels but, like. But you're it's... the one who smashes into the other person. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. don't have to get into that. But yeah, it's like it's almost like you're bracing for impact before the person has even delivered mm-hmm. any information. And so it just it's going to change the dynamic of the whole conversation even before that information is delivered yeah because it immediately puts you on the defense Mm -hmm. you know jenna i hate to tell you this but you know like (laughs) anything i say after that you're you're on you're bracing for impact you're bracing for defense Mm -hmm. um or it's like you know you're gonna hate me for saying this Mm -hmm. and then let's say you even just say something neutral like I actually have the same shoes as you, mm-hmm. but like that person will take it a little harder than if you just said, <laughs> I've actually, I actually have those same shoes as you. Um, so that's what we mean when we say like making your life easier and then making it way better by just not putting your foot in your mouth before you've even started to like say what you want to say. Um, so we'll, get into it with yeah some examples like you were just saying the what's another example where you've either you've done it or you've been in a conversation where someone starts a sentence like you're gonna hate me or i hate to tell you this Mm -hmm. or so and so whatever yada 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 well i I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but I know there's been many times where you know that the information that you're going to deliver is perhaps less than ideal or it's an unfortunate circumstance Mm -hmm. or it's not something that the person is going to want to hear. And we, you know, despite how much some of us avoid 
conflict and confrontation. These are conversations inevitably throughout your life. You're always going to have to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Um, and I used to be very guilty of that, of say, I was, I had to tell, uh, you know, whatever. I remember when I was in my early 20s and I dented my dad's truck, right? It's mm -hmm. like you come home and I'm sure at the time I probably worded it of like, dad, you better sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like you don't want to to start a conversation that way. Um, if I was going or I guess what I try to do now, if I have to have these conversations is I try to not tell people how they should feel about something before I've even delivered the yeah, information. That's because important. perhaps you're going to deliver information that you might perceive as, uh, you know, a hardship or less than ideal circumstances or... And, and you also do it to kind of like soften the blow. Right. But it only makes things worse. It makes the impact so you, much you, worse. You try to make it easier. You know, if someone comes in to get fired and you're like the person firing them, mm -hmm. it doesn't help You don't want to say, Bob, blow. you're going to hate you me, know? but... Yeah, no. it's like that scene in Moneyball where... Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and he's like hey pretend you're firing me and Jonah Hill is like a brand new intern in the job and Brad Pitt's like what the hell are you talking about man like just would you rather take a bullet like 10 bullets in the chest or one bullet to the head and it's like yeah I guess just one to the head will do yeah just deliver the information but with that being said sometimes if you start a conversation in a certain way where you're already telling the person how to feel had you just delivered the information in a neutral fashion they might not have as exaggerated mm -hmm. a reaction had you not already told them how they should feel before yeah. delivering the information they will they will listen to how you've told them to feel 100, right 100 percent a hundred percent so they might not listen to anything else that you say mm -hmm. um but usually if you like open a door for somebody and tell them like okay you're gonna feel like this a lot of times they will right and so yeah it's that's a way to make things easier is not tell somebody how they're gonna feel just saying the information mm -hmm. i know it makes things easier to like try to soften the blow and like kind of drag things on and not just jumping into it but it actually makes things worse mm -hmm. um yeah. so yeah that can be with yeah so the i guess the goal of today's episode or what we sort of want to go through and talk about is perhaps noticing we bring this up so that you can notice in the past how you've delivered information to people mm -hmm. and you, we'll go through a lot of examples today it's not just how you start the conversation but it's also the type of words that you use while you're delivering information mm -hmm. of course um non-verbal cues like tone and body language and some things like that play into it as well mm -hmm. but also how certain words that you use will also trigger people in certain ways, much like telling them how to feel at the start yeah. of the conversation. Yeah, like the order of words, what words, the the volume, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And mm -hmm. you're not going to speak like a perfect robot every time. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you're always, and that's always 
always is one of those words, right? So, well, let's get into that right yeah. now because that's one thing that I've learned uh, from you. And again, it's very much changed. Well, it's changed how I interact, you know, at work with friends and family. Um, but I would say it's also changed the way that we as a couple interact and particularly around arguments mm-hmm. uh, because is is the way that you use the words always and never. Yeah, those, mm-hmm. those absolute words. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to get into that yeah. a little bit about what absolute words are and how it uh, impacts how a conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Well basically the absolute words that they don't leave any room for wiggle room Mm -hmm. and as a guy i can tell you that most guys will only want to make their partner happy and a lot of like the little arguments we get into and the things that i take like more personal it's when let's say we're in this argument and something we're talking about something in the present and maybe i've made a mistake in the present perhaps (laughs) (laughs) um and then you might say something in the past like well like no you've never done that or you've always done that you can use it as an example like we'll use a real life example that i think most if not all couples with struggle at mm-hmm. some point or people that are at least living in a same space it doesn't even have to be a partner but like a a roommate or something like that right um i think a common argument is people will argue about divvying up household tasks yeah cleaning taking out the garbage things like that right mm-hmm. so there could be an example uh <laughs> there's Don't definitely say it. Been, <laughs> Don't say it. there's definitely been an example of you know i'm like well i i, I just cleaned i just cleaned this whole house and now look at you're leaving right, your dishes clean. you're leaving your dishes on the counter you always leave your dishes yeah. on the counter you never help me put away the dishes mm-hmm. right even though that's obviously not true right because there's multiple circumstances where you do help empty the dishwasher yeah. or put away dishes and, or something like that and it, so in the moment females or the more feminine like energy will usually express things like through emotion of like and use words in the emotion they feel of like you know i i feel like this right now but i use the word of like always to kind of like hammer in that emotion really and, just nail nail that and then the man or the more like masculine uh energy one will kind of take that for face value of like the word being like oh so she thinks i always do this or i've never done that which means everything i've done in the past hasn't been appreciated hasn't been, hasn't hasn't been, been noticed valued. or appreciated so then basically it's like well why the hell would i do anything for this person anymore if they haven't noticed it in the past right yeah so just by taking away those absolute words and it's hard to do but it makes everything else much easier because i can guarantee you if you you do use those absolute words like you know you never do that and let's say that once the argument has cooled down, you know that that's not true, that your partner has done those things. It's just maybe you do that more or they don't do it as much as you want. That would be much better to say versus mm-hmm. never because that literally takes all the energy like out of that person and it, f- and it makes them feel like 
everything they've done previously is for naught. It's it's worthless. It hasn't been noticed, and there's nothing I can do because she hasn't noticed it before. Right. And, like, kind of like you were alluding to, it just leaves no place to go. Yeah, it's, an like abs- if, it's a non-starter, it, right? It's a non-starter, yeah. If, if you never do this, and be, especially when, you know, you're angry and emotions are running high, it sort of gives the allure of, well, you've never done this and you'll never be able to do this. Like, telling somebody, yeah, using absolutes is just a non-starter uh-huh. in that people may... It, like it sort of even discourages trying like there's nowhere to really even go from there absolutely you know yeah and another thing with absolutes like so the always never but also like everybody mm. you know mm-hmm. let's say that you are having, everybody <laughs> hates you <laughs> you're you're having like you know uh you got drunk the night before with, with, at like a friend's wedding or something mm-hmm. like that and maybe there was like one kind of event or interaction that happened and then the next day you have those like Sunday scaries whatever mm-hmm. they, they would call it and then you start using absolutes like oh I guess I bet everybody's talking about that or everybody hates me or everybody saw that and obviously that's an absolute and Mm. it's hard to prove wrong it's impossible to prove (laughs) especially when you don't remember it's impossible to prove right and it's impossible to prove wrong right but you're just choosing that word and then that word creates a thought and that thought creates an emotion and that emotion creates a behavior and before you and know that it, behavior <laughs> leads you calling in sick on Monday, and the caterpillar sneezes, and then all the dinosaurs <laughs> die. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that again, that's one thing that you've taught me, and I, I certainly try to use is just to stay away from absolutes when when possible mm-hmm. because they are, I can say with almost a hundred percent certainty, not true (laughs) like absolutes are never true but you do bring up a good point just with respect to the um you know using that example of say getting drunk in a wedding and then sunday scaries and feeling not good the next day it's kind of a nice segue into we're talking right now about words that you would use to verbalize and communicate with other people Mm -hmm. but i think it's equally important to consider the words that you use when you're talking to yourself we all have internal dialogues with ourselves, literally constantly all the time every day mm-hmm. and much i think like the words that you use with other people can have impact i would say equally if not more the words that you use when you're talking to yourself and because arguably you talk to yourself more than anybody <laughs> else you know um they can also have huge impact on yeah stress levels anxiety your perception of yourself how you feel about mm-hmm. yourself how you perform day to day um and so yeah just equally as important to consider i think mm-hmm. so how do you how do you do that i think a good exa- a good technique is just starting to write things down mm-hmm. yeah. that that you hear that the th- that you say to yourself and then seeing that on paper Mm-hmm. And then being like, all right, would I give this piece of paper like to a friend to read? Yeah. And be like, probably not. Those are two you've just kind of talked about and combined two things that I 
that's how I sort of like to practice my mindfulness about how I speak to myself is I'm pretty sure this is just like a a popular viral thing on Instagram or something but I've seen it pop up many times where it's like you know talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend yeah um because so often we're so inclined to be so hard on ourselves and so negative on ourselves Mm -hmm. even with your successes right like maybe you've done maybe you've had a really great day you feel like it was a really positive day you contributed a lot and then you come home at the end of the day and you start nitpicking what -hmm. could have gone better throughout the day yeah i i certainly you know that's why we have a zen garden that's why we have a zen garden we're sitting beside right now you gotta rake rake the stones it's fine it's right um but yeah like i i've certainly you know experienced that and it's something that i have worked on and i'm always trying to work on is just Mm -hmm. you know you'll have this incredible day okay i got up i made it to work i helped a lot of people i came home i did yoga i ate really healthy today i'm feeling like this is just a top-notch day and then you'll sort of sink into the day and reflect on it and be like oh well when i interacted with this person i should have said this i shouldn't have said that i'm such an idiot i could have done more here right and it's just that negative loop of self-talk it can take what was a phenomenal day and just break it down Mm -hmm. to the point that it's less good whereas you think about it it's like okay if i came home and told my partner or my sister or my best friend about this day they would be my biggest hype person and be like wow that sounds like a really good day you know Mm -hmm. and um you know on the flip side if somebody came to me and told me that their day was exactly like the day i had just performed i would have been their biggest hype girl truthfully and and to mean it that's what you would hope for your friends right yeah so it's like so why why do we end up you know spiraling and well why we end up spiraling is a whole different podcast episode but Mm -hmm. just to bring it back to the words that you use to yourself and the way that you talk to yourself i think is just paramount and so important yeah like the reason of why you want to look for loose ends to tie up and look for things to do in your brain Mm -hmm. and take away from the the joy and the peace that you had that day like that's a whole different thing that Mm -hmm. we will talk a lot about but not today Mm -hmm. um but yeah the the bringing it into practice was like the okay i'm i'm using a lot of the absolute words i'm i'm in my head looking for loose ends to tie up Mm -hmm. yeah being being aware of your internal dialogue bring awareness to that because your, that's your computer. Your brain is your computer. And if you just keep jamming in these formulas over and over, like Q plus 8 squared M and like equal, and whatever that formula gets you, that's just what you're going to be thinking about mm-hmm. over and over. So think about think of it like it's your computer, and these are the formulas that you keep putting into that computer. And if it's not getting the results that you want, and it's time to start inputting different formulas. Mm-hmm. I think the journaling, to go back to uh, words that you use in the journaling, I, I'm not a big journaler. I sort of have a journal that I will pick away at whenever I feel so inclined. I definitely don't do it daily. But I do think that writing down your thoughts is a very powerful way of making them real. And then when they're real, 
mm-hmm. that sort of then gives you more opportunity to change them. It's sort of like, um, you know, saying, I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions per se, but at the start of the year, if you want to create goals for the year, mm-hmm. there is a big difference in just saying in your head to yourself things that you would like to accomplish over the course of a year, as opposed to writing them down, making them real, making them tangible, where you can go back and actually look at it throughout the year. E- equally as much as like saying it um, outwardly to, again, a friend, a family member, something like that to really mm-hmm. make them real. I think that's a great sort of uh, piece of advice or tactic is writing down the language that you use in your head so that you are aware of it it's more tangible it becomes real Mm -hmm. because there's something about you know ideas just floating around in your head they don't have to be real right you're like oh i could never say this to somebody else and then it doesn't have to be a reality Mm -hmm. um so yeah if you're looking to to maybe change the dialogue that you use to yourself and the language you use to yourself i think journaling would be a great yeah a great place to start for sure likely and that doesn't have to be like sometimes journaling doesn't have to make sense at all it's not a diary like yeah we're not making you're not making a diary for people to read sometimes that just means you put the pen down onto the piece of paper mm-hmm. and you set a timer for five minutes and you don't take the pen off the piece of paper f- for that time right and you're gonna use gibberish words but it's just to keep it going and it's kind of like a brain dump and a mind dump of like yeah there's a lot of gibberish in there but if you can kind of sieve through it and look for some gold like it's the gold rush right then maybe there will be some things in there where like huh i guess i was my subconscious was did have that rattling around in there um, so that's a really good exercise five minutes two minutes keep literally keeping the pen or the pencil on the piece of paper and if you write cursive then great you can do that <laughs> and if not then just it's going to be messy absolutely mm-hmm. i think another thing that's worthwhile talking about while we're talking about the power of words is um the way in which we structure questions um, and this is more in the context. Less, we're getting away now from talking about the dialogue you use with yourself, but more mm-hmm. the dialogue you use with other people. Yeah. Um, and how how we pose and ask questions in order to get <clears throat> perhaps certain responses or at least valuable information. Yeah. Um, there, at, there is a, well, you've written a blog post in the past. I think it's been on your website for a couple of years now, but I think it's called How Where Conversations Go to Die yeah, or something where, where like that. Yeah, Where Conversations Go to Die. Where the Conversations <laughs> Go to Die. Maybe you want to sort of, people are certainly, well, anyone who wants to listen to this is certainly welcome to go look at it and read the full article on your website. But do you maybe want to give a brief synopsis about what what you sort of get at in that article yeah it's basically it's it starts with how so those how questions most of the time those just lead to a brick wall Mm. or at least like down down the toilet really or it might get you barely into the door uh through the door of the house so but, when we think about a how question, yeah. uh, how's, how's it going? How's it going? It really depends on what it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but most of the time, like, that's how we ask 
people and, and greet people, mm-hmm. you know. It's more a greeting than it's, a it's, question, It's a greeting, I think, right? Most of the time. So that greeting ends in like, good, you, or it ends in, I'm pretty good, you, or, oh, not so good. And then, then I'd rather somebody say not so good so that we can actually deviate from just that dead end conversation, right? So when you start with how, how are you? How was your day? How was school? How was work? Mm-hmm. You know that that's just going to generate like one word answers. Well, and I think and that's it intentionally, not intentionally, but it gives you the option to respond with a one word answer. And most people will. And most people will. Yeah. So what, again, something I've adopted from you, but um, a way that you can change that is by saying, tell me about how your day is tell me tell about, me about your day tell me about your day right mm-hmm. um tell, tell me, me doesn't tell me allow work. for a one word answer at all there's no possible way you can respond with one word to tell me yeah uh tell me about your day good yeah it's like, like well, well that didn't actually tell me i'm anything. married to a neanderthal <laughs> good um but yeah just the simple change of tell me mm-hmm. versus uh how Right. Don't give people the option. Like, let's say you, you actually want to know about people's day and you're curious or you want to know how they did something or this or that. Or And one thing I can guarantee you is that people generally do want to tell you about themselves, about what they're up to, their day. So give them the opportunity to do that ver- by not saying how. Say, tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, what have you been up to since we last met? What's new? What's new is an interesting question because if there isn't anything new, it usually leads to a dead end. But if there's something new, then it can open up a lot of new um, pathways. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's like kind of tricky. <laughs> it's finicky. It's yeah. fickle. <laughs> I, I like the tell me's. I like tell me too. Mm-hmm. Um I've def and I think we should also acknowledge that when you're in these patterns of how you've asked question and the language you use for probably your whole life, mm-hmm. it can feel awkward at the start when you want to change that language. Like if you're cons- if you're if all you've ever asked people when you see them is, "Hey Bob, how's it going? Mm-hmm. How are you?" Mm-hmm. to even just switch that to, "Hey Bob, tell me about work today mm-hmm. that can feel like it, it like anything it takes practice it feels a little bit awkward when you want to try and change that dialogue you mm-hmm. might and to the people on the receiving end of that dialogue they might you might get some funny looks at the start of like tell me well what do you, what do you mean right um but like anything it's just having to practice and it will get more comfortable at the more that you practice it and use it and then i think like anything with positive reinforcement once you start having better conversations and better dialogue as a result of better questions it will keep enforcing you to want to do it um even in the context of me for work using tell me has been a big game changer. Um, So generally when I walk into people's homes for calls or hospital rooms and I'm interacting with them for the same time, more more so in my paramedic job because you're walking into unpredictable circumstances where you have to 
acquire a bunch of information and sort of quickly sift through what's useful and what's not mm-hmm. in a short period of time. Um, I actually start all of my calls with, tell me why you called 911 today, or tell me what's going on today. And then that allows for an open-ended question of people to literally tell me about what has brought us to this point in time or this circumstance. Mm-hmm. From there, then it's a bit of a juggling act to, you know, decide if I want more lengthy, open-ended responses, or (laughs) sometimes you got to reel it in with like, okay, you've given me a lot of great information. I really appreciate that. There's a few things I have to get through here now just for the sake of figuring out what my treatment decision is going to be or Mm -hmm. which hospital we're going to be going to. So I'd just like you to respond to the following questions with a yes or no answer. And I'll I'll word it to them like that. Because when people open up, you also don't want to like push them away and have (laughs) them not open up anymore. But sometimes you got to you got to rein it in. Right. Of course. Um, I think also when you tell people, or I'm sorry, when you ask people, when you tell people <laughs> when how their day was. listen, man, no, yeah, when you, day. when you ask people those open-ended questions and you allow them to tell their story or tell their circumstance along the way, it can also give you a lot of valuable information if you're actually listening, um, that is useful later on in the conversation. Um, so I just somewhat recently listened to an audiobook uh called never split the difference by chris voss amazing book mm-hmm. um that i would definitely recommend to everybody uh chris he was, yeah chris voss a, is uh like an fbi negotiator essentially former one former us, negotiator yeah. um and the book is phenomenal because it basically teaches you techniques that he's used in interrogations and with negotiating everything from mm-hmm. hostages to you know working his way up the FBI and negotiating different salaries for jobs and right. he just teaches you um, negotiation tactics that you can use in your day-to-day life that are very valuable um, so one thing that maybe I was already doing in some capacity but it definitely made me aware of it after using this book is um learning how to ask questions but then also being very mindful of truly listening to the responses that people give you because those responses can then be so much more valuable like a lot of times people will give up information more than the words that they're actually saying just in how they're responding Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that is then information you can use later down the road to negotiate different things what do you mean um, by that? Like, is there, do you have an example of something like that? Um. So, for example, if somebody, okay, so say I, um, did show up on, or here, I'll give you, I'll give you a different example. Um. Somewhat recently, I was, uh, something had happened at work that I was, I just felt like there was an opportunity for change. There was an opportunity to change a procedure or a policy from what we're currently doing to something better based on this sort of adverse event uh so i had emailed now this isn't through conversation i guess per se this was through email but mm-hmm. i promise i'll tie it back how it, it can be works. valuable through email but that's as the well. thing it's you get when it's text or email well you get even more time to choose your words yeah so that and that's that's a great like this that's where you can easily apply 
all this information is when you actually have time to sit and choose your words. Yes. When you're in the moment and actually speaking, mm -hmm. that will come with practice and it's never going to be perfect, nor should it. Mm -hmm. um, but the email and the text, you can almost perfect those. And when you're an FBI negotiator <laughs> and people's lives are like at stake with how you treat people and the words that you say, right? people's lives are at stake and you better be damn near perfect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that is a good point just about um, taking the time with emails and text. And this goes back to per. I, I'll come back to the Finish example. The story, I'll yeah. come back to the example you asked me in a minute. But okay. just just while we're while we're on this note, um, I think there is a pressure, whether it's from society or whether it's a pressure that we just sort of like put on ourselves, of having to respond to things immediately. Um, and a lot of the times. I, especially if it's something important or if it's an email that comes in that ha I am aware that's irked me the wrong way or there's like a text message that I'm like, I don't like the tone of that text message and you feel an emotion boil up because of words that you see on a screen. I think it's very valuable to take a break from that and let it simmer and go do something else mm -hmm. before you come back to it and respond um, because your response will be emotionally charged emotionally charged if you do it right away which will lead to nothing it's, good it's probably it's probably not gonna be the best sound decision or answer if it's and it might not even be what you really want to say. That's the thing. When you're saying things out of an emotionally charged state, you might, like, things may just seem much more clear if you respond to it, not even the next day, but a couple hours from when you receive mm -hmm. it. Just take your and, mind off, be able to get your mind off of it. And then come back to whether it. Whether that's by sleeping or by, you know, going indoor rock climbing or going for a run or calling a friend and not talking about the mm -hmm. email, talking about something different, or playing with your kid, or- Doing your Zen garden. Whatever, yeah, raking <laughs> your Zen garden. Um, For yeah, anyone just, who also doesn't know what a Zen garden is, look it up, it's um, It's just it's a, cute. <laughs> like a, what, one by one and a half rectangle with some sand in it, and comes with a little rake and some stones, mm -hmm. and you just clean your life up. <laughs> Yeah, so more, we'll do a whole episode on Zen Gardens too. But all that's to say is yes, as specifically when you have a text or an email or some sort of electronic interaction where literally there is no immediate response or no pressure to respond immediately other than the pressure that you're putting on yourself, uh -huh. do yourself a favor and take the time to separate from that before you give a response. Um, that takes more practice when you're doing things in real time um, but that is something that you and I have I think talked about and worked on even in just in the context of our own relationship when you're having an argument or a disagreement or something like that I know one thing I've certainly said to you is before you respond take 10 <laughs> seconds take a breath and then just have at least a conscious fleeting moment mm -hmm. of is this how I actually want to respond? Uh -huh. Just ask yourself that question. Um, well, we use words to because 
we don't just cry like a baby anymore. Like babies can only cry. Well, to some get, people do. Well, but, but babies <laughs> but can yes. only cry to try to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And we have the, we have words now, but a lot of times we kind of treat it like just a you know instinctive primal cry by using words. And it's like, well, no, I probably could have expressed myself better as opposed to just you know lashing out with this like fury of words. calling yeah like uh, I, I won't say the word but a hilarious and like hurtful example is um when a baseball player on the toronto blue jays oh, he no. got fast pitch so he was like in the box and he's kind of like waiting for the next pitch but the pitcher fast pitches him and then he yells the F word on like camera at the pitcher. Where it's and then slowed down <laughs> and everybody slowed can down. see him say it. it was um, awful. And then he like gets suspended and has to apologize to everyone. And it's like, no, probably shouldn't have said that. You yeah. probably should have been able to corral those emotions. Just take a breath. Take or, a breath yeah. before you respond. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the power of pause and actually the power of not saying words <laughs> is also <laughs> equally important. Yeah. Um, but anyways, to go back to the original question of just how uh, you the had asked example. me of some, some real life yeah. examples. Um, so I had this interaction at work. I thought there was an o- opportunity for a policy or procedure to change. I had contacted um, via email a higher up in the organization and express some concerns and uh you know proposed some changes within that mm-hmm. and i just sort of got some like a fluffy response of oh we'll look into this we'll get back to you like sort of thanks for uh, bringing it up th- we will look thanks into for coming thanks for coming out but not yeah. like a real tangible answer we'll take so, it from here we'll take it from here <laughs> so that gives me some information just in the response itself mm-hmm. um but then when i didn't get a response and more follow-up emails that i had sent just got no response back in general mm-hmm. that in and of itself the lack of response gives me more information about what's Mm -hmm. what's actually going on right um so one uh sort of thing i had implemented that i read from this chris voss book Uh was when you're responding to either no responses or when you're responding to um somebody who has sort of responded to you in like a chaotic way or you know seems angry or like with those negative like i'll I'll call them on the spectrum of negative emotions for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word you want to bring attention you want to bring attention to what's going on and what you've noticed without telling them how to feel or or with putting words in their mouth kind of right right? yes without putting words in their mouth um one really valuable sort of string of words to use is it seems like Mm -hmm. and then following it up with what you've observed even just using those three words together of it seems like is super valuable because you're not telling them what they did or Mm -hmm. how they did it um you're telling them what the situation seems like from your perspective what what i perceive so it puts that um back on you and then after you say they can't deny it either they can't well they can but 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 your your point of view so when you say it seems like it is your perspective um so yeah they can't take it away from you but 
to also pay particular attention to what their response is to that because if they come back and say no that's not what I said or that's not what I did you can follow it up with oh I didn't say that's what you said or did I just said that's what it seems like to Mm -hmm. me right now but usually how they will like if there is something that they've been doing that's not ideal or if they just didn't respond in the case of this email Mm -hmm. um, it they will follow it up with more information that again you can use going forward that may be valuable Mm -hmm. Right. So I had sent an email. Um, I sort of got these fluffy answers. I followed it up with two or three additional emails after that that yielded no answer. So how I responded to the lack of answers was, good afternoon. It seems as though we're making no progress on this. Should I assume that this won't be looking into... But you didn't use assume, right? I think you changed it. I think we talked about that and you're gonna use assume yeah maybe i didn't use assume but it seems as though we're not making any progress on this is this matter no longer being looked into yeah i think is how i worded it and then very quickly within an hour of sending that email i got a response back of oh no 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 we're still looking into it and then follow 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 right but um yeah just to go back to sort of the yeah how you can phrase questions and then even within the responses themselves um there's valuable information you can use for more follow-up questions or how you're going to respond to Mm -hmm. people going forward yeah yeah words words Mm -hmm. um another really valuable piece of information i learned from that book uh was to address like if there's something uncomfortable so he was bringing this up more in the context of negotiating like if you were talking about in a business negotiation where you have to deliver some news about say like a contract where you're not going to be able to pay the person as much as maybe they thought or you're more in the concept of like negotiating money Mm mm-hmm is sort of what he was talking about and there's like an elephant in the room so to speak that you have to address to address that issue head on immediately like again so different than telling people how to feel but if there's something that's actually real and tangible that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. addressing that before you go on with the rest of your conversation um so you know an example of that could be if i um you had asked me to clean the apartment when you went to work in the morning and I didn't do it for whatever reason and I knew that was going to upset you when you came home say we'll lead it back to like domestic separation of domestic tasks when you come in the door I can say something along the lines of listen I know the house isn't clean I didn't do it today I dropped the ball like you might be upset at me right now for this and this and this and like sort of putting that out in front but here's what i'm going to do to resolve it or can we talk about how to resolve it now Mm -hmm. sort of addressing some of those issues up front if you have to have an uncomfortable conversation but like with things that are actually based in reality we're not talking about the you know the um, absolutes and things like that Um, it's valuable to yeah sort of put that put that horse in front of the carriage to start because then immediately people can be can't be like oh well mm-hmm. they are they already know it's already out on the table now let's work more towards like a resolution of moving forward yeah and 
Now that differs a little bit. It, it depends in the context and like the situation because a lot of people will t- will hear like the compliment sandwich, right? Remember the, the compliment sandwich? Oh yeah. Where it's like, okay, I'm gonna tell him something nice, and then the shit, yeah, and then something <laughs> nice. But a lot of people kind of are expecting that now, right? It's um, been overused. The compliment sandwich has been overused for sure. But that that that's like one thing that has been used just by okay let's say something good cushions the blow then bad then good again but it doesn't really work that great and that kind of brings me to the word but ah uh, yes and but but but, but <laughs> uh, and but did not not b-u-t-t just b-u-t <laughs> and trying to replace your butts with ands mm-hmm. and if you can do that as often as possible, then it's going to be smoother sailing for you. Because if I tell somebody something I like what they're doing, if I have a compliment sandwich to give, let's say, or some piece of criticism, or I have to tell somebody something that we're going to change, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of giving them the positive and then saying, but we're actually going to have to go ahead and uh, eliminate this section of the book. Like everything I say before, but is now irrelevant. Null and void. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but if I say, and, <laughs> and I know I just said, but there, but if you say, and it includes everything in, fr- in fr- that you just said. It's an addition to. In addition to. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it makes more sense to say but or therefore. Um, however, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying and is going to make your job and life a lot easier. And if you actually do have nice things to say to somebody and you also have something a bit more um, critiquing, you want that person to take the good stuff as well, then you have to say and. Because Mm -hmm. if you say but, then that defense mechanism goes up and that person's only going to be, like everything you said before is literally washed away. Now they're waiting for the bad. Right. And then they're going to cling on to that bad. Mm -hmm. So just do it as often as you can. Replace it with and. And it does feel awkward. That's a newer addition for me that I'm trying to change into my language. And there are times where your brain is like, well, these sentences don't string together. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Um, But much like anything, it just takes practice. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, in using those ands in difficult conversations I have had to have I, it does I've noticed more of a difference for sure in just how people will respond to that information 100% mm-hmm. yeah because we're used to but insert bad news insert something that's not going to work out for me mm-hmm. so w- when you see a stop sign what does that mean I mean stop you know, so we encounter these things in our lives and then we generate those patterns and words are patterns as well, and types of words and sentences. So then we're used to a certain emotion coming with this word. Mm-hmm. So doing your best to practice that. You, right. can, you can practice it and you'll, that w- that's an easy quick fix. Um, just 
with and. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did want to talk about was if somebody is asking for like your opinion or for advice or let's say you have already been down this road and as, as that person and you know the perfect answer for them you know what where, which way for them to go and you want to give them that advice instead of giving them your solution which they may or may not take ownership of which m- most likely they won't just stringing that advice as a question mm. or stringing in that advice with i wonder mm-hmm. i wonder what would happen if instead of doing that you did this that's that's not your that you're just pondering curious you're just pondering you're just curious and then that person can take ownership of it because i know in in that book you were just talking about Mm -hmm. getting the other person to take ownership of the plan yeah is the most important thing is get get somebody to say that's right versus you're right yes and that's that's huge huge. and like anytime you're, you're trying to help somebody to change or help somebody you want them to say like that's right as opposed to you're right yeah yeah you're right yeah having you as the suggester be right like you were sort of just alluding to there doesn't force anyone to take any ownership of their actions it's not their idea um we're all you know we've all got an ego where we all sort of have to come up with our own ideas for them to be true for us um and yeah just be when you're asking we've all had that situation where you have you know a friend who breaks up with her shitty boyfriend for like well i'm <laughs> maybe you haven't i'm i'm saying this as a female but you know you have this friend they break up with their shitty partner that they've already broken up with like 18 times that month and they come back together and they separate and they're always kind of coming to you to quote unquote look for advice what's your advice and you could spend all this time and effort giving like the most pristine level-headed advice that like totally makes sense Mm -hmm. and then the next day they text you and they're like oh we're just back together again anyways right and then you can feel frustrated again this is maybe diverting off path we can get into that in another episode but it's um yeah having people come up with their own answers and having good verbiage to ask the right questions to have people come up with their own answers is incredibly valuable so yeah that's some good (laughs) that's some good advice but yeah it's some Mm -hmm. good advice to just be curious when people are asking you for advice i wonder you can literally say i'm curious if Mm -hmm. um things like that to ask questions to have them come up with their own their own answers is a super valuable for them but b it also takes some of the sting and the hurt away from you as the quote-unquote advice giver to Mm -hmm. be like well i just poured my heart and soul into this response and they didn't take my advice now i just don't want to listen to their shit anymore now i don't want to help them and listen to them anymore right yeah and that's eventually that's good to do as well if somebody just keeps coming to you with the same problem mm-hmm. and you've tried all these different ways if you haven't tried phrasing your advice as questions 
and being curious about it and asking and using I wonder um, try that and if that's still not working they still keep coming with the same problems it's bye bye mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no longer listening. Well, I think another important point to consider is when you're asking these questions and we're saying, you know, be curious and pondering, of course you should actually be curious. Like there's hopefully a, you'd, you'd hopefully you're actually curious, curious yeah. right? Because even if you are just changing around language and you're like, I'm curious, like people can still tell genuinity uh, or not, yeah. right? So yeah, taking away some of the sting of not being heard if your advice doesn't get quote unquote followed, I suppose, but also being genuinely caring and and curious yeah. will, will yield better answers and dialogue and conversation, um, which is really, the whole point of what we want to be doing here anyways yeah so improving your quality of life yeah by just changing and implementing and being aware of your words right one thing i do want to talk about because i <laughs> i will i'll hate myself if we end it without talking about it but sure. uh is the weather oh okay, okay. well this uh, you go you go for it this is but your just, thing the there's a reason why people talk about the weather and that's because it falls under the category of environment i won't get into um the behavior model that nlp uses a lot it's called neuro neurological levels or logical levels but basically it's a behavior model where depending on what stage the person is in you can kind of dictate you can see what verbiage and what words and how they're going to be talking so when you ask somebody about the environment the weather some sun today huh hot out today that's like the base level conversation of conversation just trying to get your foot in the door so i can have a conversation with somebody and they're under the same they're in the same environment uh, environment as me so i know that they're gonna probably respond we can and literally relate to this one thing uh, if nothing else because if we're nothing both else in it. right unfortunately most people never go up to the second floor they just stay on that first floor of environment and then once the weather talk is done there's just like awkward silence and then they'll be like, well, how about uh, politics? That'll be a good one, <laughs> you know, oh, doorbell. <laughs> um, but that is that base level of conversation. And if you're ever wondering why people talk about the weather so much, it's because it is in that environment level, that environment stage where everyone can relate to it. It gets your foot in the door but your job is to graduate from that environment level quickly. Well, and again, we're, why do we start with the environment? Yes, it's something in that immediate moment we can relate to, but it also goes back to human needs. We just wanna connect with other people, right? So mm -hmm. we're looking for this like quick, how do we get in the door? We wanna converse, we want connection. This is something that we can both relate to. I'm gonna start there. But ideally you progress past environment into deeper conversation which would mm. I, i'm not familiar with the whole pyramid of logical levels but what are some other things you could graduate to above you, environment so environments base level then it goes to behaviors which you know 
that leads to like, well, what did you get up to today? Tell me about your behaviors today mm. or the, the behaviors you're going to do in this environment. Sure. Right. That's literally the, the next level. And the conversation gets a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we won't get into it all right now. Mm-hmm. We have a few minutes left. Um but I'm assuming from there it expands then into like values and it goes to capabilities, and the universe and capabilities. Yeah, what is life? Um, <laughs> beliefs and values, right? And and, and one more level of, of just like spiritual and, and purpose. Sure. Um, but people are doing that. They're asking about the weather. They're using just like that cut, copy, paste vocabulary because they they are you know it is part of their patterns and a lot of people do want to build some connection but that's not that that connection is really only like two dollars and ten cents of gas in the tank you want to be able to fill your tank up full fifty dollars sixty dollars a hundred dollars if you got a truck (laughs) <laughs> um, and you can do that by being more aware of the questions you're asking and the words you're using and getting past that first level, that first floor of just environment. Mm-hmm. And you start to improve your relationships. You use so many examples of how to use it for work mm-hmm. and to deliver news and get let the person decide if it's good news or bad news. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah just improving the quality of your life yeah with your vocabulary and knowing that it's always work it's always being aware of it and it's never going to be perfect but it's always worth it and be okay with it feeling awkward at the start while you're trying to implement some of these seemingly simple but more difficult than you would think changes Mm -hmm. it's the same as changing any type of behavior right if you when you start working out you're awkward you don't know how to move your body in certain way you get sore um maybe you get discouraged but don't don't get discouraged just keep at it and then it gets better and better over time Mm -hmm. you know and it will it it will change uh, the quality of your interactions and there go you know your life yeah that's that's all your life is is your relationships with people and yourself and yourself yeah yeah okay bud cool All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.